3: Roxanne Paltov disappeared on Friday, July 7th, 2006. When a person disappears without a trace, often the most critical information is hidden in their actions and words from the days before they vanished. Roxanne Paltov's last known whereabouts may hold the clues to what happened to her. A teenage girl leaves a motel one summer night and never returns.
4: She left her phone, she left her debit card, she left her purse behind, and I knew at that moment something was wrong and my daughter was in danger.
3: Could the items she left behind hold clues to her disappearance?
5: I know Roxanne's clothing I've never seen his clothes.
4: It wasn't even Roxanne's size. I thought, okay, this guy's got her ID and we're gonna find Roxanne.
3: Or will the results of DNA tests reveal what really happened?
4: I was just bawling my eyes out, thinking, oh, my God, this is Roxanne. They actually found her.
3: July 3rd, 2006. It's a humid Monday morning in Austin, Texas. 18-year-old Roxanne Paltoff is looking forward to the July 4th holiday. This Independence Day marks her and her boyfriend Lewis's two-year anniversary. And after the fireworks, they're planning on spending time together in a local motel. She returns home to pick up some additional belongings.
4: She came in the house, rushed in, and she goes, I'll be home in a couple of days. And I said okay. And I said just you know, call me. And what she did, always she called me every day.
3: Roxanne is the much loved oldest daughter of Liz Harris's five children.
4: Roxanne had a beautiful smile. She had a wonderful personality. She had a very good heart. <laughs> she would give you the shirt off her back.
5: Mama, come down here. Go ahead,
4: Roxanne. Uh, here with me. I will. Sit together. <laughs> Roxanne, jump way out. I see Rox right there. You'll hit him. Full of life. She loved her brothers and sisters. She would do anything
1: for
5: them. We went to the same high school, and I, everybody knew Roxanne, and we, they knew us because of Roxanne. We were the Paltoff girls. She was a big sister. She was the one that everybody looked up to.
3: After some difficult years in high school, Roxanne has become a hard worker with new ambitions.
4: She started doing her GED, and they have a program where they help you find work, and she got a job as an intern at a floor shop. She was growing up, becoming a young woman, making her own money, meeting new people. She
6: came in and applied for a job here. She was interested in floral design, and she really blossomed into this beautiful designer, very creative, really talented girl who uh, got along
7: with all of the employees very well. She had everything lined up. She worked so hard to get where she was. She was back on track. She had got back into school. She wanted to get things right. She wanted to make her mom proud.
3: On the afternoon of Friday, July 7th, Roxanne calls her mother and asks to spend one more night with her boyfriend Louis. Roxanne's mom's not thrilled, but knows Roxanne's having a good time swimming and sunbathing before school and work resume on Monday.
4: And I told her that we're going shopping, and I said, why don't you just come on home and we can leave early in the morning. She goes, no, we're already um, here, and I'm just going to stay the night, and I promise I'll be home early in the morning, we'll go shopping. I was disappointed, you know, you're choosing Lewis over your family. I said, okay, fine, be that way, Roxanne. I just had like a little attitude, you know. But um, she loved him. I mean, that's it, you know, you wanna spend time with the ones you love.
3: Roxanne's mother often thinks back to that conversation and wishes it had gone differently. She also wishes she had listened to her instincts and told Roxanne to just come home that day.
4: That was actually the last words I said to her before she disappeared and I've always felt guilty about that.
3: By noon Saturday, Liz Harris is still waiting for her daughter to come home. She tells herself that Roxanne will walk in at any moment and flash her vibrant smile, but the minutes tick by and there is still no sign of Roxanne.
5: We waited around for her, but I don't think we tried calling her. We just thought she just dissed us that she was spending time
4: with her boyfriend. I wasn't gonna stop our plans just because she didn't make it here, you know. She would've made it home eventually. I'm not gonna go call on her and say, where are you? We just went on out to the Outlet Mall and spent several hours out there. And it was gonna be a family adventure, you know. Mom don't have money very often, so (laughs) let's go shopping, you know.
3: When they get home later that day, Roxanne's mother Liz and her family get a call, but it's not from Roxanne.
4: Lewis called me. It was uh, late afternoon, and he had asked me, have you seen Roxanne? And then I said, what do you mean, have I seen Roxanne? She's been with you. Where is Roxanne?
3: Lewis tells Liz Harris that he hasn't seen her daughter since 8.30 PM the previous night.
4: Well, he told me that they had an argument. She was pissed off because they're arguing over her old girlfriend or something. Roxanne just walked out, and he said that he'd try to go after her, you know, begging her to come back into the hotel room, and she refused to do that. And he went out about 20 minutes later where he last saw her. And she was nowhere around, he said he searched for her and couldn't find her after that. He says he had her purse, and he had her cell phone, and he had her clothing. She left the hotel room with just her clothes on her back and her shoes, and that was it. It sounded like he was concerned, and I knew at that moment The mother instinct that I knew something was wrong and my daughter was in danger.
3: Police investigate Roxanne's boyfriend and uncover disturbing information. Roxanne
2: had disclosed that she was scared of him.
3: Roxanne Paltoff and her boyfriend Louis Walls have been celebrating their two-year anniversary together in Austin, Texas. But according to Louis, after an argument, Roxanne leaves the motel where they had intended to stay the night and doesn't return. The next day, after missing a planned shopping trip with her family, warning bells immediately go off for Roxanne's mother when Louis calls asking if she has seen Roxanne.
4: The main thing was that she was not with him and she hadn't contacted me and she was supposed to have been home that morning and things were just going through my head. I just couldn't understand it in my mind why she hasn't called me. And then I found out that she didn't have her cell phone and she didn't have no money on her because she left her phone, she left her debit card, she left her purse. It just didn't make any sense. If you were gonna
5: get mad and leave the motel, you would have took your stuff with you.
3: According to her mother, Roxanne and Lewis have argued in the past but there's something about her disappearing that deeply concerns her family and friends.
7: It was unusual that Roxanne didn't call home because she always called. She was responsible about keeping in touch with her family. She had a few close friends, but mainly it was her family. When we first heard about it, we are like, oh my God, Roxanne's gone, we had to go
5: find her.
3: Roxanne's family immediately heads to the motel in North Austin where she and Lewis had been staying. It's in a rough neighborhood known for drugs and prostitution.
4: I knew of Runberg. Runberg was the area that you knew you just kind of stayed away from. You know, it was a lot of unsavory people, people that you don't want to associate with. I think Roxanne should have known better than that area to be in.
5: I didn't particularly know that the hotel she was staying at with Lewis was that bad. It was like the cheapest hotel in the area. That's why they picked it.
4: And I showed people pictures, telling them my daughter's missing. I'm trying to find her. And nobody had ever seen her. They didn't know who she was. Lewis and I kept calling back each other that night. And I told them, look, we need both need to call the police.
3: They both call 911. And three days after she is last heard from, the Austin Police Department's Missing Persons Unit starts its investigation into the case of Roxanne Paltoff.
2: Uh, Her mother had called and reported her missing and also Louis Walls, who was her boyfriend, uh, called and reported her missing. So at the onset, I mean, there was concern that A, where Roxanne went missing from, there's narcotics, prostitution, and B, Roxanne's not the type of person to be missing for an extended period of time without making contact, uh, especially with her mother.
3: Police turned their attention on the motel. They arrive ready to begin their investigation, but finding a scene to investigate proves problematic.
2: There were some uh, bookkeeping uh, errors that uh, didn't allow us to ascertain who was in what room, if you will, or even how many tenants were at that hotel, as well as their identities. A lot of the rooms that had a hotel that may show to be vacant on paper actually have subjects in them.
3: According to the motel booking sheet, Roxanne Paltoff had stayed in room 217. Police aren't sure whether the information is accurate, but decide to check it out anyway.
2: It was very clear upon going to that room that there there was going to be no physical evidence available. I think it was roughly five to six days after her disappearance. The room that she was supposedly in had already been, of course, cleaned three or four times. Someone else had stayed in it. It was an unsecured scene for too long. Too many people had gone through it.
3: Next, the police focus their efforts on the area around the motel, talking to people who might have seen or heard something.
2: The area of Rundbergen and 35 is, is essentially a high-crime area, so a lot of the possible witnesses are already involved in some type of criminal activity and therefore would decline to speak with me. After initially making contact with the
3: police, Roxanne's boyfriend Louis has recently stopped returning calls Investigators believe he can shed critical light on the case, since he was the last person to see Roxanne.
2: We knew we needed to speak to Lewis quickly. But Roxanne's mother does hear from Lewis.
3: He shows up to return her daughter's belongings five days after she went missing.
4: And he handed me the cell phone, and then um, I went through her purse. She had some rings in there. She had a toothbrush, her driving, lo- uh, driving book, She had her debit card in there, no ID, and maybe a little bit of makeup, that was all.
3: Lewis also returns a bag of clothing, but on closer inspection, her family realizes the clothes aren't Roxanne's.
5: We went through it and it was clothes I've never in my life seen, and I know Roxanne's clothing, I've never seen his clothes. What I thought was strange, it wasn't even Roxanne's size, it was like way too small, it was like kid sizes.
4: I told Louis, these are not Roxanne's clothes. He goes, well, I just gathered them up off the floor and put them in a bag. I thought they were hers.
3: In the days following Roxanne's disappearance, the police continue their efforts to speak to Lewis. Roxanne's family feels compelled to go back to the area around the motel. They're hoping to find someone who saw Roxanne leave the budget Inn on the night of July 7th.
4: You just search that residential area, the abandoned houses, the ditches the gullies and the drain storms, dumpsters, knock on people's doors, have you seen my daughter? I have to tell them the story, you know, my daughter's missing, I'm looking for it.
3: Their search comes up empty. They decide to zero in on Roxanne's cell phone, thinking it might contain clues. They request her phone records and turn them over to police.
4: There was over 300 phone calls, page after page after page of phone calls from various places, and then they were like a minute apart, a second apart. You know, it was just a constant calling on her phone.
2: One number is of particular interest. There were several phone calls made from Roxanne's phone after she disappeared that uh, were to Lewis's ex-girlfriend in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico.
3: Police contact the ex-girlfriend and learn disturbing things about Lewis.
2: She did indicate that Lewis had told her he was in some trouble. He needed to come out there to New Mexico to get away. She declined to have him come to New Mexico. She, she informed us that she's scared of Lewis, that they had a, a violent past, a history together.
3: Roxanne's family has never been very comfortable with her relationship with Lewis.
5: He didn't really say much. Whenever I met him, he didn't try to get to know us. Um, wasn't really friendly, quiet, kind
4: of awkward. Lewis he was not allowed to come over to my house. I disapproved of him. You know, no job, no future. Roxanne's running to him all the time. It just, she was trying to go further in her life and he was just trying to pull her down.
7: And I saw that as a mother.
3: From the beginning, Roxanne's friends believed that she and Lewis had a volatile relationship.
7: Roxanne's mother drove by a bus stop and just happened to find Roxanne. She had a busted up nose, so Elizabeth took her straight to the emergency room. And at the time, she had told everybody, that she fell or something of that sort, that it was an accident. And then one time during a conversation with her and I, it did come up that he had hit her hard enough in the face, a straight punch, that she, he broke her nose and she had to have reconstructive surgery on her nose.
2: We have statements from Roxanne's friends indicating that Roxanne had disclosed to them that Lewis had struck her in the past and, and that Lewis was very violent when he was angry and uh, that she indeed was scared of him at times.
3: Investigators look at the big picture. Lewis's past and the fact that he and Roxanne apparently argued shortly before she went missing and step up their interest in him.
2: Anytime someone comes and tells you, uh, I had an argument with someone and now they're missing and I was the last person to see them. I have a violent background. I have a history of uh, being abusive towards the women I date. Lewis was a suspect pretty much immediately
3: The police run a background check on Lewis' walls.
2: Lewis had a series of uh, involvements in in small crimes and a conviction for a felony uh, delivery of a controlled substance.
4: I did not know that he spent time in prison. And I was furious, you know, why is she with this guy that's got this criminal record?
3: Lewis's police record also reveals personal details that he had previously chosen not to disclose.
5: When Roxanne and Lewis first met, she was 16 and he was 18 or 19 after she went missing, so when we found out his real age. When she
4: was 16, he was really 28. It was scary, you know, what kind of elements is she gotten herself into.
3: Roxanne had never been in trouble herself, but her friends and family often worried that she could easily fall in with the wrong crowd.
4: I think she was gullible. She believed in people. Everybody told the truth. Everybody's nice. Nobody's gonna hurt her. You know, she didn't, I don't think, really understood how the world works out there.
7: She thought she was invincible sometimes. It was just, nobody's gonna do anything to me. It's not gonna happen, you know, and I'm with him, so I'm safe.
2: What I learned about Roxanne just in, in talking, especially with her, her family and, and her closest friends, is Roxanne played a real good tough girl role But Roxanne was not savvy. She was not a streetwise person.
3: Since Roxanne's disappearance five days earlier, Lewis Walls has become increasingly harder to contact. Police step up the search to find him, but he continues to be an elusive witness.
2: We made several requests for Lewis to come in and give us a statement. He declined to come to the police station. We attempted to meet him at places, um, but he was unavailable. Lewis repeatedly told us that, you know, I've already told you all I know over the phone. I don't know why you need to talk to me in person. He felt like we were trying to put this on him.
3: Almost two weeks after Roxanne's disappearance, Lewis finally agrees to a face-to-face meeting with police.
2: I went and I picked Lewis up and I brought him in. And uh, he sat down and and talked to us. He didn't want to answer any uh, open-ended questions that that required I guess, a a lengthy answer on exactly how things unfolded. When we talked to him about the phone calls that were made, yeah, he was mad at Roxanne for walking off, so he called other girls, he flirted with other girls, he called his ex-girlfriend. He indicated, you know, Roxanne understood that. He downplayed the boyfriend-girlfriend role.
3: Lewis denies any involvement in Roxanne's disappearance. While being questioned, he says there's someone who can confirm that he was still in the motel when Roxanne went missing. Motel employee who maintains that she was with Lewis for the rest of that night.
2: The young lady indicated that she did see Roxanne leave the hotel and that Lewis was walking behind her. And then Lewis did turn, and go back to the room. She did admit that later in the night she did go to the room and spend some time there with Lewis, and that she left approximately three o'clock in the morning. Based on the
3: phone records, which indicate Lewis made calls between 8:30 p.m. and midnight and the witness who says she was with Lewis from 10.30 p.m. to three in the morning, most of Lewis's time is
2: accounted for. The subject also indicated that the the room was not in disarray. Uh, Roxanne's belongings were in the room. Uh, Everything seemed to be in order.
3: But before the police get a chance to polygraph the witness, the case takes an unexpected turn. A man is brought in for questioning in Austin, and he has Roxanne's ID in his wallet. The mystery surrounding Roxanne's disappearance deepens.
6: I think there was some question as to whether she might have been involved in prostitution and or drugs.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from It Mobile.
0: Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's n-o-o-m.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
3: No one has seen 18-year-old Roxanne Paltoff in over a week. Her boyfriend maintains that after they had an argument, she left the motel where they were staying and didn't return. Her friends and family are deeply troubled.
4: I just couldn't understand it in my mind why she hasn't called me. You know, this is strange. Why hasn't she picked that phone up? And then I found out that she didn't have her cell phone and she didn't have no money on her because she left her phone, she left her debit card, she left her purse.
3: Searches around the motel area yield no new clues. Roxanne's boyfriend, Louis Walls, presents a witness from the motel. But before police check out the story, there is a surprising development. Ten days after Roxanne's disappearance, her ID is discovered in the police department's lost and found. But how had it come into police possession?
2: Shortly after Roxanne disappeared, um, there was a disturbance call at a hotel near the Budget Inn.
3: A woman there alleges that a man has attempted to sexually assault her in a motel bedroom.
2: Officers responding to that call um, encountered a female victim who had been assaulted and uh, stated that the suspect had just left the scene. But
3: the suspect leaves behind
2: his wallet. During the course of their investigation at the scene, the suspect returned to the scene.
3: The man, Jeffrey Moore, is detained and questioned.
2: No charges were brought. There was an uncooperative victim who declined to press charges, but the patrol officer did discover in this uh, suspect's wallet was Roxanne's identification card.
3: The officer confiscates Roxanne's ID, but no one knows it belongs to a missing person at the time because the police do not run a check on it until four days later.
2: When the uh, person who is in charge of, of mailing back IDs entered the name into the database. Of course, Roxanne came up as a missing person, and we were immediately contacted and told that uh, Jeffrey Moore had been in possession of Roxanne's ID.
3: Investigators are eager to learn more about Jeffrey Moore and how he happened to have Roxanne's ID.
2: We ran a background check on uh, Jeffrey Moore and did show that he had involvement in criminal activity. Um, However, uh, there were no convictions. Police track Moore down
3: and they conduct a telephone interview with the help of an interpreter because Moore is deaf.
2: He indicated that he had given Roxanne a ride, her and Lewis, the day before Roxanne had disappeared.
3: Police contact Lewis Walls, who confirms that he and Roxanne did get a ride with Jeffrey Moore the day before Roxanne went missing.
2: Lewis Walls did indicate that uh, they had gone to the store to buy cigarettes, so Roxanne had had her ID with her. And that she very well could have lost it in the car. But police say Walls and Moore don't agree on the route they took. Jeffrey Moore tells me that the ride was from downtown Austin to the Runberg 35 area. Lewis Walls tells me that it's from Walgreen that, that is already in the Runberg 35 area back to their hotel.
3: This is the first inconsistency police note between Lewis Walls and Jeffrey Moore's
2: stories. And they say Moore's account has its own contradictions. Mr. Moore, in his initial interview on the other assault case, he indicated that Roxanne was a close friend of his and he would like to retain the ID so that he may give it back to her in person. Then in an interview with me much later, Mr. Moore indicated that he didn't know Roxanne and that he had only met her one time. Jeffrey Moore has a plausible reason for having that card, but there's a lot of inconsistencies in both stories. Obviously, they can't both be telling the truth.
3: Roxanne's family is told that at one point, Moore claimed to be a good friend of Roxanne's. But this is news to them.
5: Roxanne never mentioned having a friend named Jeffrey Moore. Um, She would have had a friend that was deaf. She would have told us. We would have known about him. We knew her friends.
4: We knew who she hung out with.
3: Unable to confirm Lewis Wall's and Jeffrey Moore's stories, police have nothing to go on.
4: I mean, I was disappointed because I thought, okay, this guy's got her ID and we're going to find Roxanne. And that wasn't it.
3: Police finally polygraph the woman from the motel who said she was with Lewis the night Roxanne disappeared. She passes and his alibi checks out. Without enough evidence, the police are left with no leads to pursue, only questions about why Roxanne went missing. One thing starts to become clear to them. She didn't vanish on her own volition.
2: Roughly 10 days into the case is when it started developing for me that, okay, this person is what we refer to as involuntarily missing. In other words, I don't think that Roxanne is voluntarily absent. I didn't see any of the precursors for runaways or people who intend to be long-term missing. It was not the kind of life that someone would wish to escape.
3: With Roxanne now missing for two weeks, Each passing day brings more despair for Roxanne's family.
4: When it gets silent, it gets eerie because you just feel like this is the way it's gonna be for the rest of my life. We're not gonna have no more tips. Roxanne's lost and nobody cares and she's just a memory. I started gathering pictures up, her perfume bottle, um, crosses, just pictures, um, notes. I just started putting a place together. I believe it was on Roxanne's birthday. It was a birthday present to her. It's a place that I can go to cry, pray, talk to her. It's something that I see every day when I come and go.
3: The family also has to contend with rumors and speculation about Roxanne.
5: It really hurt me, like, going back to school and just having a bunch of these kids, mean kids, saying their opinion. Like, do you really think she's a prostitute? People had no right to come up to me or my siblings saying what
6: they were saying. I think there was some question as to whether she might have been involved in prostitution and or drugs. More uh, a function of where she disappeared from because a lot of the street activity and criminal activity in that area is related to prostitution and drugs. But do I think that she actually um, engaged in any activities like that? I just don't, I don't believe so. It just doesn't fit with the kind of girl she was.
2: Roxanne wasn't a prostitute, she wasn't an addict, she wasn't the type of person that would normally be in that area. Roxanne, I think, had no problem with being in that area because she felt safe with Lewis Walls. I, I can't find an instance in Roxanne's life that she was in the Runbergen 35 area that Lewis Walls wasn't with her.
3: Finally, after almost three weeks. There's a break in the investigation. The remains of a girl are found near a highway intersection in Southeast Austin.
4: It was, this is it. They found Roxanne's body, this is her. Oh my God, my daughter's dead. What happened to her?
3: The agony as Roxanne's family wait for DNA results.
4: I was just bawling my eyes out thinking, oh my God, this is Roxanne, they actually found her. What am I gonna do?
3: It's been almost three weeks since Roxanne Paltoff disappeared in a seedy area of Austin, Texas. The case was at a standstill, until a call comes in to the Austin Police Missing Persons Unit that could change everything.
2: The police department received a call that uh, human remains had been discovered in the uh, southeast section of, of Austin. I thought it could be Roxanne.
4: The police called me and asked me for Roxanne's dental records.
2: For
3: over three harrowing weeks, the Paltov family waits to see if the DNA from the remains matches Roxanne, never dreaming their lives would include this kind of surreal and terrifying experience.
4: It, it hit me hard. I remember being on the phone with my mother, and I was just bawling my eyes out, thinking, oh my god, this is Roxanne. They actually found her. What am I going to do, mom? How, how am I supposed to deal with this?
3: After a tense wait, the police received the
2: DNA results. Was discovered that it was indeed not Roxanne.
4: It was just a very traumatic moment, and it was such a relief. It was such a low that it happened, but it was such a high that it wasn't Roxanne.
3: Roxanne's family refuses to give up hope. In March 2007, Liz Harris enlists the help of a local advertising agency.
4: I think I'd seen a billboard on a TV show or on the computer when I was searching missing persons, and I saw a billboard, and I wanted a billboard.
3: The billboard goes up in March 2007, a block away from the Budget Inn where Roxanne was last seen.
4: The billboard is a big blessing. She's up there 24-7. Thousands of people go down 35 or different areas of town, so she's not forgotten, she's not put away. Her sign is out there, and they see Roxanne. That helps a whole lot.
3: Over 200 people report having seen Roxanne in Austin, alive.
2: Elizabeth has a number on the billboard that will go to her every tip that is relayed directly to me So that I can follow up and all those leads have to be tracked down
4: This guy called in told me that he saw my daughter working at a bank in North Austin So I found out where the bank was For one of the tellers she looks similar to Roxanne
2: unfortunately None of those hits give us any any credible, concrete leads as to exactly what happened to Roxanne.
3: One year later, as the mystery deepens, the case attracts the attention of local journalist Jordan Smith.
6: Her mother, Elizabeth Harris, had put flyers all over town looking for Roxanne, and you couldn't go anywhere without seeing them. And I was taken by this picture of this girl who seemed to go missing from very strange circumstances. One of the things that's just so tantalizing and so frustrating about Roxanne's case is that all the pieces are there. Um, Nobody's being fully honest about what they know, I don't think, and that's just very frustrating. And still no sign of Roxanne Paltov. She was last seen one year ago today in
0: North Austin. Today her family and friends peppered that same area with flyers. They hope it's going to spark someone's memory, lead to new clues, and hopefully lead to Roxanne.
5: It flew by, to be honest. You couldn't believe that it was already a year without Roxanne. She was there for my birthday when I turned 15. And when I turned 16, she wasn't there. And she was the one who made the cakes, who went with my mom to buy us presents. (laughs) When that birthday came around, she wasn't there. That's when it really hit home.
2: Seven months
3: later, the police and Roxanne's grieving family get a solid break in the case. After a witness said Walls was with her the night of Roxanne's disappearance, police turned their focus away from him. But in March 2008, Walls is back on their radar.
2: Louis Walls came back to the forefront of the investigation when his current girlfriend came forward and made the statement that Louis Walls told her he would harm her and that he had killed a girl before.
3: Investigators zero in on who is responsible for Roxanne's disappearance. I have two violent
2: offenders I suspect that one of them's hiding a the murder.
5: been almost
3: two years since Roxanne Paltoff vanished outside a motel in a rough area of Austin, Texas. In March 2008, police learned some disturbing news about Roxanne's boyfriend Louis Walls that they think could move the case forward.
6: Lewis had gotten into an incident with a woman that he'd been dating, who he has a child with. They had met to discuss some child support and child care issues, but instead of talking about that, he uh, ended up threatening this young woman, also another young woman, significantly younger than he, and sort of whispering some things to her that, you know, if she didn't basically behave, that he would do to her what he'd done to Roxanne.
2: What he had said was that you know, she did not want to end up like that girl, Roxanne, that she needed to do what he, he wanted her to do. If someone
3: threatens harm and the threat is believable, it is viewed as a criminal act.
2: She had every reason to fear for her safety. Lewis is admitting, hey, I, I killed Roxanne, and I'll do the same to you. Lewis's girlfriend makes a statement to police and is granted a restraining
3: order against him. Lewis is charged with making a terroristic threat sentenced to 140 days in jail. While incarcerated, police interview Lewis about the claims that he killed Roxanne.
2: Lewis was very uh, confrontational, um, and at the point of what he said, he repeatedly told me, I I didn't say that. That's not what I said. She's lying. Um, She's just trying to get back at me because I don't want to be with her anymore. She set me up. She just wanted me sent to jail. She had prior knowledge of his involvement with Roxanne's case and was trying to use that against him.
3: With Walls denying the comment and no solid evidence against him, police have nothing to go on. Over the course of the investigation, a friendship develops between Roxanne's mother, Liz Harris, and the lead detective on the case, James Scott.
2: Every Wednesday, I could expect, like clockwork, a call from Elizabeth saying, hey, you know, what's what's new? At first, they used to say, this is Elizabeth Harris, Roxanne Paltoff's mother, but now, or just Elizabeth
4: Harris. I hear his voice change immediately. It's not a voice of dread. Oh God, here's that mother calling me. It's a voice of disappointment that he hasn't been able to find Roxanne. Like he
2: hasn't accomplished what he set out to do. I try to keep her updated on on what I'm doing. You you build a relationship with the family. Um, you know, I, I've met her family. She's she's met my family. You. Uh, you feel a frustration, a sense of loss. You want to give people that closure. You want to give them the answers they're looking for.
4: I truly believe in my heart that he is genuine about finding Roxanne and
2: doing whatever it takes to find her. She's a mother missing a child. She's never going to stop looking. And as a detective, how can I quit? Is as long as Roxanne's missing, I have to look for her.
3: Four years later, the Austin police get a call from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Skeletal remains have been found that match Roxanne's description.
2: Of course, the, the significance of, of Albuquerque, we do know that, that Lewis Walls made several phone calls to Albuquerque uh, immediately after Roxanne's disappearance uh, to call his ex-girlfriend.
3: Was it too much of a coincidence?
2: It was very significant, and it was, once again, another one of those hold-your-breath moments. This could be a, a huge break in this case. This could be, uh, finally, some 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 closure as far as where is Roxanne.
3: Detective Scott forwards Roxanne's dental records to the medical examiner in New Mexico, but this time chooses not to share the discovery with Roxanne's mother, Elizabeth.
2: And, until I had a confirmation, I, I can't. Put myself in the position of of causing her that grief. I, I don't think that's a roller coaster ride uh, that she needs to go on.
3: After a week, the dental records show that the remains are not those of Roxanne.
6: I don't think at this point in time that there's really any hope that Roxanne will be found alive. It just it's just too late. She didn't call. All the things that that would have indicated that she was alive are gone. And I think the the reality that's set in for her family and friends is that not only is she gone and dead, but she was likely murdered. And the thing that remains is that they don't know what happened to her. Was she um, scared? Was she, um, did she suffer? Where is she? These are the things that haunt them and they're the only pieces of Roxanne that are left.
4: At this point, I just don't want to find her, no matter what it takes, dead or alive.
2: This case is still an open and active missing persons case. What I'm left with now is I have two violent offenders, both involved in criminal activity and both hiding criminal activity, but I suspect that one of them is hiding a murder.
3: Neither Lewis Walls nor Jeffrey Moore has ever been charged in connection to Roxanne's disappearance. Whatever happened to her remains a mystery.
2: Do I think Roxanne's fallen victim to foul play? Yes, I do. Do I know what that foul play is? I, I don't. But I, those are answers that I will certainly keep looking until I find them. Do I lay awake at night thinking about what's happened to Roxanne? Yeah, probably more nights than i, I like to imagine. Do I sometimes drive by the Budget Inn for no reason? Yeah, I do. I don't know who I'm going to see or what I hope to find. But it's very, very frustrating to know that I'm going to talk to, you know, Elizabeth again and I'm once again going to tell her, yeah, I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything new. I don't I can't give you the closure that you need to know what happened to your daughter. Roxanne's mother Liz still holds hope that
3: one day the truth will be uncovered.
4: There's not a second in the day that I don't think about Roxanne. 4 years later, and I move forward as much as I can, but I'm still standing still because I'm still back four years ago, and I'm still searching for. Her. And I just want my baby girl home. Her sisters and brother brought her home.
5: Coconut cake. Who wants to I want
4: a There's a light that went off when she went away, and. There was a hole, a hole in our hearts.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more